anyway, my brother at the time, he said, you know, you have to pivot. You need to get online, get virtual. And I was like, you can't play soccer over the Internet. Like, you can't play volleyball with, you know. So I was really in this mind block. And I'm part of our industry association, and there's some really amazing sharing that goes on. And I was really inspired by a few different clubs in the U.S. who had started doing bingo and and some trivia events. And so we sat in on some of their events and we were like, okay, let's try it. I am unwilling to give up that I will start over from scratch as many times as it takes to get where I want to be. I want to be. You just want to make sure you will get knocked down, but just make sure you don't get knocked out knocked out so your only choice should be go focus on what you can control 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 hi everyone and welcome to the Kara golden show join me each week for inspiring conversations with some of the world's greatest leaders we'll talk with founders entrepreneurs ceos and really some of the most interesting people of our time can't wait to get started let's go let's go Hi, everyone. It's Kara Golden from The Kara Golden Show. I'm so excited to have my next guest here. We have Christy Harold, who's the founder and CEO of Sport and Social Group and Jam Events, and very, very excited. Christy is a friend of mine uh, that I met through this amazing group uh, started by JJ Virgin and Cynthia Garcia that is called the Unicorn Club. And she and I happened to be sitting next to each other at one of these events and just started chatting and hearing more about her business. And it's based in Canada, although it is now a global organization. It's uh, based out of Toronto. But as I mentioned, it's uh, it's one of the largest of its kind with over 150,000 annual participants across nine cities in Canada and the U.S. up in uh, Michigan. Yes. And uh, it was founded back in 1996. Her organization is dedicated to helping people participate in adult recreational sports leagues across North America at every single level. And then. Also, this during these beautiful nine months that we've all been experiencing, she didn't stop at thinking that she couldn't run a business. Instead, she I don't know if it's really pivoting. You just basically just said, what what can I do? And started Jam Events, which was a post covid business development uh, or business development that's actively helping global corporate clients playfully connect through fun remote events. So welcome, welcome. Very excited to have you here. And something I admire most about you is your fearlessness. I mean, every time I talk to you and kind of hear more about your business, I think like, wow, that's really hard. That's really hard. How did you, you know, have the, have the knowledge, have the, you know, the fearlessness, the, uh, the, the ability to really move forward. So I'd love to hear who was Christy prior to 1996. <laughs> so before I started, I uh, thank you so much for having me, Kara. Yeah. I, I really enjoyed getting to know you at that first, that first event as well. I was so, uh, so impressed here, learning about Hint, tasting it for the first time. Um, I'm now obsessed with it and track it down wherever I can in Toronto. And thankfully there's, the one store that sells it up here is right near my house, so convenient. Anyway, before before I started Sport and Social Club, I grew up 
a small town kid. I'm from a city called Sudbury, which is about four hours north of Toronto. And I went to university in Kingston, Ontario uh, at Queen's University and did my commerce degree there. And then after commerce, I moved to Toronto. So funny story, when I was after my first year of commerce, the dean of commerce called me to his office and he said, it's your marks have really, really fallen since you entered university. Um, it, it would seem to me that because you're on the ski team and the rowing team that you clearly better just pick one because it looks like you can't handle both and manage your academics. And I, I, I nodded and said, yes, sir, you're, you're absolutely right. I'll just do the ski team next year and I'll, I'll pack it in on the rowing team. And I walked out of his office kind of giggling to myself. What he didn't realize was I was actually running two businesses during university. And I kept running my businesses all through university and my marks never did improve. But anyway, so I moved to Toronto and I don't know anybody in Toronto. It's a big city and I'm a small town girl and I have some friends from university, but I don't really know a lot of people. And I was trying to find ways to connect with people. And I, I looked into some soccer leagues. I thought maybe I should join a soccer league. I used to play soccer when I was seven years old. You know, I was a good athlete growing up. I grew up, I was actually a a very competitive alpine ski racer, but I never competed at high levels on team sports. And um, and so I I looked around and all I could find were competitive women's soccer leagues, like totally out of my league. I, I couldn't play at a competitive level. So I, I had heard about sport and social clubs, um, actually down the, I'd heard about the Golden Gate Sport and Social Club down near you in the San Francisco oh. area. And I thought, maybe I could try that in Toronto. Why, why not? Like that would solve my problem if I could organize my own, get people out playing. And so I spent about four months. I remember from January to, to May, um, in 1996, I picked up my address book, which was literally at the time, it was a paper book. You know, you remember you used to write people's names and phone numbers down in your little address book. And I went through that address book and called everybody I knew and told them what I was doing. And then I said, if you like the idea, could you maybe tell me other people, could you fax me people from your address book who might be interested? And How often have you thought about learning a new language only to be stopped by that memory of yours from the last time you tried to learn a language when it didn't go so well? Okay, maybe it wasn't a language that you were interested in learning, or perhaps all those poorly written textbooks in your sixth grade class weren't that well written after all. I have a great tip for you. It's called Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program around, available on desktop or app, no matter where you choose to learn it or what platform you choose to learn on, Rosetta Stone works and it truly immerses you in the language you choose to learn quicker and easier than you ever imagined to. Maybe you're getting ready to travel abroad this summer and you want to learn a bit of Portuguese, let's say, before your trip. Rosetta Stone can help. I know this firsthand as I did just this before traveling to Portugal last year. I learned Portuguese through Rosetta Stone, and by doing so, I not only got a better grasp of the spoken language of Portugal, but it got me very excited for the trip itself before I went. They even have a true accent feature that gives you feedback on your pronunciation as you are learning, too. They've got you covered. Rosetta Stone's trusted experts are the real deal. They've been helping people just like you for over 30 years, helping millions of people to learn Spanish, French, Italian, German, Korean, Chinese, Japanese, Dutch, Arabic, Polish, and my favorite, Portuguese. The lessons are five to 10 minutes long and include practical exercises so that you can pick up the language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. 
no English translations either, so you really learn to speak, listen, and think in the language you are focused on, helping you get the long-term retention you are looking for. And who wouldn't want that? Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, the Kara Golden Show listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today today. In today's world, which I will admit can at times seem filled with too much of the wrong information, it's essential to find a good source that truly gets to the heart of what I want to know. I am super excited about our next sponsor as I've been a big fan of their content for some time now. That sponsor is the Washington Post. Their depth on topics from business to tech isn't just impressive, it's essential reading for me. Whether I'm catching up on the latest tech trends or understanding how the day's news truly impacts my family, the Washington Post is my trusted source. Let's talk specifics. Their business and tech coverage, absolutely top-notch. Just imagine having the most insightful articles at your fingertips, including the unparalleled AI reporting from Drew Harwell or the pulse on tech and online culture from Taylor Lorenz. And the best part? You can listen to articles just like you listen to this podcast, making it perfect for your busy lifestyle. I was just reading an article from one of my favorite Washington Post writers, Frances Stead Sellers. She covers entrepreneurs like myself, but also covers other interesting topics, including health, as well as some very interesting books. I also love getting their For You newsletter, which is their roundup of stories tailored just for my interests, right in my inbox every evening. The Washington Post app is super well done, I think, and makes it incredibly easy to stay up to date and follow my favorite journalists on the go. And if you ever thought that the Washington Post is just about politics, think again. They cover everything under the sun, from climate and culture to crosswords and cooking, providing a world of surprising stories and vital insights. Okay, enough of the love fest that I have for the Washington Post. Here's the deal. Being a listener of the Kara Golden Show has its benefits, and this one is too good to miss. Now is the time to sign up for the Washington Post. Go to WashingtonPost.com slash Kara Golden to subscribe for just 50 cents per week for your first year. That's 80% off their typical offer. So this is truly a steal. Once again, that's WashingtonPost.com backslash Kara Golden to subscribe for just 50 cents per week for your first year. So I had my friends faxing me their address books, and then I would call all those people, and then I'd have strangers basically faxing me their address books. I got to a point where I built up about 800 names in my database, and uh, I wanted to send out a newsletter because I was going to have people sign up for one of five sports, and, and I realized I couldn't afford stamps for 800 newsletters. But my boyfriend at the time, who later became my husband and business partner and later became my ex-husband, he's still my business partner and good friend. Anyway, he was a semi-professional cyclist at the time. 
he agreed to ride his bike and deliver 400 of those newsletters because I could only afford the stamps for 400. <laughs> so, I mean, that's how so we got funny. it done in the old days. It was We didn't have the internet back in 1996, right? So it was pretty old school. I love it. And so the sport and social group, what was the, I mean, was it filled with people who were all athletes from college or what What did you find? Yeah. No, it was, it's basically, um, it all started with just, it was friends and friends of friends. And, you know, it was word of mouth really built it. Um, in the early, the very first year I had 250 teams sign up to play. Actually, I remember the week before I was scheduled to start the first leagues, I had 13 teams signed up at $350 a team. And when I did the math on that, and I sort of forecasted, well, what's four seasons going to look like? That that was not enough to survive on. It wasn't enough to feed myself and pay my rent, let alone, you know, with just the revenues, let alone after expenses. So I fell down on the floor of my bedroom and I cried. <laughs> I remember lying on the floor of my room and crying for about two hours because I'd now spent four months trying to get this going. And then after crying for literally two hours, I thought, well, this isn't going to help things. So I got up off the floor and I picked up the phone and I started calling people. And I said, you remember you said you were going to sign up a soccer team or, you know, you said you were going to put in that ultimate team. It's time. Yeah, you have to sign up right now. And by the end of that week, I had 52 teams ready to go. So my very first season, I launched with 52 teams across um, five different sports. And it's all recreational. It's just people who want to play for fun. Some, some of them were post varsity athletes. Some of them had never kicked a soccer ball before in their life, you know, and we've now we have we have it for all ages and uh, or not all ages rather it's all adults it's all sort of 18 and, and older but it's all different levels recreational um, right through to elite levels and co-ed self-officiated leagues um, right through to single sex leagues with officials you know we have a little something for everyone I love it and the primary age is uh, average age is 27. And um, people typically find us as soon as they graduate from college or university, they move to move to a new city for a job and they hear about, you know, how am I going to meet people? And they hear someone from the office says, oh, you should join our flag football team or join our kickball team. Um, and that's that's how the word typically gets out is a lot of word of mouth and people recruiting people to come and join and play. It's it's fun. And the the physical and mental health benefit is immensely powerful. I mean, that's for me to be able to wake up every day knowing that I'm pushing play, it's just so, it makes it so easy to do what I do. I mean, we've had three members get our logo tattooed on their body because of how life-changing this has been for them. I love this. We've had thousands of marriages and babies born because people meet playing in our leagues. I, I've gotten emails from people saying, your leagues saved my life because, yeah. people, you know, you move to a new city, it's depressing. You don't know anyone. It's hard to meet people. And so it's it's a really powerful, powerful service that we're providing. Yeah, totally. Well, and I feel like just from a networking standpoint, too, it's like Absolutely. you end up meeting people and you ask people like, what do you do? And, you know, and then I'm sure it's like there's so many people who have probably found their next job, gotten jobs, met their new best friends, you know, people who we have people who sign up just as an individual because they don't know anyone. And we put teams of individuals together. And then that same team will come back for 15 years and play together and they go to each other's weddings and they become close friends from signing up to play, you know, curling or inner tube water polo in one of our sports. So what were the first five sports? That you. The first five sports were um, ultimate frisbee, basketball, beach volleyball, soccer, and flag football. 
I love it. And yeah. always male and female. I mean, did you when feel I first like- started, it was everything was co-ed and everything was self-officiated when I first started. I remember we were probably about seven or eight years into running the organization when I when my staff really pushed me to offer single sex leagues. I was really resistant to doing so because we'd started off always co-ed. And anyway, and, and now we offer every there's something for everybody. So. So how do you come up with these sports? Is it driven by somebody asking for it or? I mean, uh, the, the, the outsider ones, like the, the weirder, yeah, like the inner tube yeah. water polo. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, how does this start? I mean, you just, it's like intramurals, right? Intramurals at college and university, they all have these wacky games. And we do, we also do a, um, a league called all sorts of sports. And so you sign up and, and it's like a grab bag every week you play a different sport. So your first week you might play floor hockey and then the next week you're playing kickball and the next week you're playing beach volleyball. And so it's a, it's an assortment. Um, it just depends. Every, every team sort of, you know, some, some people really are hardcore basketball players and that's, they just want to play their Tuesday night men's basketball. And then other people are all playing just because they want to meet someone. They're looking for that special someone. So they're willing to try anything and just, which which sport has the best option for them to to meet a gal or a girl that they're going to a gal or a guy that they're going to you know connect with um so it's there's a little it's just all over the map do you have people that get frustrated that there's like certain people suck right <laughs> like yeah. they, they, yeah. they just want to be there and and like the other people i would imagine there's some you know i've met some competitive people in my time oh, right? yeah. i would imagine there'd be a um, you know, and so what do you what do you say to that? That's funny. In the early days, I, when I used to be out, I mean, for years, three three or four years, I used to be at every game every night of the week. You know, I was out there, you know, just making sure people were having fun. And and, um, and I remember floor hockey, <laughs> very Canadian that we have floor hockey. It's a sport we play in, love in gym class growing up. And um, I used to have to say to the players, everyone remember, like before the game would start, I'd say, please remember nobody is making it to the NHL from this league. This is recreational floor hockey, you know, because they take it seriously. And um, yeah, we have, we have a system in place. We have incident reporting available on our, so if there's a problem, people can report it and we have to, if it gets really bad, if someone gets really nasty out there, we just, we boot them. We don't want one bad apple ruining it for the whole bunch. So we take it pretty seriously. Like people are expected to um, play fair, play nice, you know, be good sports out there. People are funny sometimes on, on the whole sports thing and they've got an idea of, of sort of, you know, how it should be. And, and, uh, I can just imagine. So what was the funniest story that you ever heard where it was funny and, and also surprising? Oh my goodness. That's a good question. Um, I mean, I've had some pretty funny stories where pretty funny complaints. Like I had, I remember one person calling in and saying to me, they, <laughs> They wanted to complain about the softball diamond that they were scheduled to play at because the sun was always in their eyes when they got up to bat. And I remember thinking to myself on the phone, I was like, isn't that why they invented baseball hats? Like, what is the problem here? You know, and the, and the same person complained that there was no bench to sit on at the edge of the field. And I was kind of like, really? Is this what, is this what you're complaining about? Like, aren't there, you know, at the same time, thankfully, you know, we don't have the biggest issues that we're dealing with injuries really are a drag when we hear about injuries you feel bad um but that's a kind of a natural thing but really the biggest issues we have are hey the lights didn't get turned on for your softball game at the park last night we're really sorry we're going to reschedule your game for you it's not like life and death issues that we deal with in this business which is kind of nice 
it's just a lot of a lot of pushing of fun. I mean, one of my favorite stories was in 1997. We were we were getting ready to set up some volleyball nets um, at a gym, and the caretakers. It was the first night of the season, and the caretakers hadn't told us that they had redone the floors, and they had sealed over the caps for the volleyball poles to go in. So we couldn't get them. We couldn't open the holes to be able to set up the net. And so we had to roll my, my um, ex-husband and partner. He, he ran to Walmart down the street and bought a, a torch. And meanwhile, I'm trying to entertain everyone on the sidelines. And Raul came back and used a torch and he got the, he got the cap open so we could set up the nets. But while this was happening, I was watching the captain of one volleyball team, Colin go over and talk to the captain of the other volleyball team, Martha, who he, they'd never met. And while they were waiting, they started chatting and they agreed to, they thought, let's go, we'll make a plan to go back to the sponsor bar after our game is over and we'll get our teams together and we'll have some drinks and have some laughs. A year later, I got an email from Colin and Colin said, Hey, Christy, I'm not sure if you're aware of this, but that after, you know, that, that woman, Martha, she and I got to know each other and we started dating and if you ever need a testimonial for your leagues, here's mine. Thanks to the Sport and Social Club, I don't sleep alone anymore. And, <laughs> and I just thought that terrible. was awesome. And he reached out to me not long ago and sent me a photo of he and Martha and their three teenage children who are all really sporty kids. And, you know, those are just the stories that make it so so much fun. And so it's we're just changing. We're impacting people's lives in such a positive way. Yeah, no, I bet you hear from so many people, as you already mentioned, that it's just really helping them. And you're smiling, you're, you know, yeah. you're having fun yeah. like, doing it. And, and creating memories, right? And people. creating memories. Mm-hmm. And I love the idea that, you know, you always love sports anyway. And so you're able to really bring that to people at all levels, mm-hmm. which is, which is super exciting. I also think just the co-ed factor, I mean, is, is really, really great. I mean, something that, I talk about in, in my new book that just came out and daunted is when awesome, my son, your book. Thank you. Thanks. When her. my son said to me when he was, he's now 18, when he was 12, he asked me, he talked to me about Cheryl Sandberg was on television and he was hearing her talk about how women are not CEOs and that, you know, the number's really small. And he was like, mom, like, you know, why are you a CEO? And, and there's, there's like not a lot of CEOs. Like, why is that? And, you know, at first I was like, you know, and then I realized that what I'm doing is actually showing him that it's okay, right? It's okay to be a female CEO. Mm -hmm. And he went on a few weeks later to ask me why his high school teams are boys and girls, Right. And mm-hmm. not co-ed. And, and so which I thought was really interesting. And mm-hmm. he's a great tennis player. And he was like, there's some girls that are way better than some of the boys. Like, can't we just divide it out by, you know, ability? And I'm like, maybe you can propose it. Like, mm-hmm. right. Like it's it, yeah. what I said. And so I feel like how many of these people have been doing sports separately for so many years and then all of a sudden they're getting this realization even in their 20s right or later and I I think it's real it's really really awesome yeah yeah it's it it is it's been really it's been really a a lot of fun I'm very grateful for I mean it's been 20 we're in our 25th year now of um of operating the sports leagues we've touched the lives of over 1.3 million people since since we started so I'm really grateful and it's been an I've had an amazing amazing team 
who's really helped make it happen. And I'm so, so grateful to, to the people on my team and, and to the people who've played with us over the years. It's, uh, it's pretty great. It's, it's fun now. Every time I, every time I go to a business meeting now, it seems, um, people will say to me, Oh, yeah, I used to, I used to play soccer in your leagues in like 2004 or I used to play, you know, but and it's everywhere you go, Dave, my, my, um, fiance now, he just kind of rolls his eyes because every time I meet someone, you know, any age, they'll be like, Oh, my daughter plays with you or my, you know, Oh, my, my husband met, uh, his best friend playing in your leagues. Like you just hear all these stories all the time. That's just, so that's bad. what happens with me with hint. I bet. So it's like, yeah, it's like, Oh, I drink it. I, I, my wife drinks it. My son drinks it. So I drink it. I love it. I'm yeah. so obsessed with it. It's so good. <laughs> super, super fun. Do people, are they constantly asking you to put a league in their city? You know, it was funny. Um, in the early days, probably, yeah, very early days, I had a lot of people say to me, you should, you should expand this. And I actually really consciously chose not to expand for quite some time. I wanted to have, I grew up in an entrepreneurial household and I really admired the lifestyle my dad created where he was always home for dinner. He was always there at breakfast. He um, always came to any extracurricular. I mean, both he and my mom were at all our extracurricular activities, but my mom was a stay at home mom and he was an, a businessman, an entrepreneur. And I thought, that's what I want to do. I want to be, I want to be both of them. I want to be the, um, I want to go on the school trips with my kids and I want to run my own business. And I chose that first, you know, 1996 is when I started. I had my first child in 2000 and was having my third by 2004. And so by 2006, I started to really step back from the business. I had put 10 really hard working years in. And then te- the next 10 years, I really stood back a little bit and was very part-time. I was working about 20 hours a week and really involved in my kids' lives. And then it wasn't until 2016 that I decided I really want to expand this and grow this and touch the lives of more people. And I spent, I spent, I thought to myself, I really want to, I needed, I actually needed change. I didn't know what it was going to be. And I went and I sat on a dock for a day by myself and I just journaled and wrote, you know, what's the legacy I want to leave? What do I want people to say about me when I'm gone? And what, what am I most excited about? What gets me excited? Cause I was thinking I wanted to get out of sport and social club altogether at that time. I just needed something fresh. And I wrote down what makes me most excited is when I'm sitting in my car and the kids are in the car and I can say I'm driving along a street on a Tuesday evening in the summer and I can say, oh, look, that's a sport and social club softball game going on or there's a sport and social club ultimate game. Seeing the people playing that because of the work we do, I realize that's what gets me most excited. So at the time we had about 70,000 people playing annually and I thought, well, if that's what gets me most excited, why would I? stop that. I need to grow that. And so that became in 2016, I jumped right back in to my business wholeheartedly and started an acquisition strategy. Um, and that's when we started expanding into other cities and into Michigan. And I was right before COVID hit, I was working on two acquisitions that would have doubled the size of our organization uh, overnight. I was doing the due diligence and the paperwork and uh, and then COVID hit. And so that all got put on pause. <laughs> and then we've actually not been the last nine months has probably been the most challenging nine months of my career in that um, we cannot run team sports right now at all. We, we have been 
we got completely shut down in March, obviously, and and we were able to get some started up again in August. Um, August and September, we were at about 30% of our numbers last year. And then in early October, we got shut down again. And we've just heard the announcement last week that it's going to be another 28 days at least. It's hard to say what's going to happen for, for team sports for the next little while now. It's um, it's going to be touch and go. for the next. It's going to be a hard four or five more months, I suspect. I'm hopeful that by the next spring, we'll get team sports going in. But anyway, having said that, you know, I, I spent a good probably two months, uh, March and April, I was feeling pretty sorry for myself. It was in a pretty deep hole, pretty dark. I was depressed. It was really a hard hit because I'd been working so hard at growing this company and it was, it's really been on quite a growth trajectory the last few years. So to have it just all get wiped out. And, you know, I was part of my thinking with the acquisitions too, was to diversify, to protect from, from, from any one incident. Well, you can't really protect yourself from a global pandemic. I mean, I didn't expect a global, I'd never thought that would be something that could happen, right? Like I could never predicted that. Anyway, so felt pretty sorry for myself for a couple months, um, spent a lot of time crying and then thought, well, Again, kind of like in those early days in 1996, I can sit and cry or I can actually try and make change here. And so we decided to stay true to our purpose, which is connecting people through play. And we created an organization or an arm of our business called Jam. And Jam, it's like work plus play equals Jam. And Jam is all remote events. It's a totally different business. We were running a B2C business that was geographically focused to a B2B business that for companies all over the world. Um, and we're running really fun events, hosted events, things like um, musical bingo and scavenger hunts, escape rooms, um, guess my sketch, which is like a Pictionary or survey says, which is family feud style event, cooking classes and uh, trivia, all of these different custom events. And it's taking off. I mean, we've got companies who are they, they test one event and then the next day they call and say, we want to book a package of 20. I may have mentioned this to you before that we, we did a event for one company. They loved it so much. They called back the next day and said, we want to do, we want to book a package of 10. We're going to do some more for ourselves, but we actually want to gift these events because we have a lot of corporate clients. So they're gifting our events to other corporations. So it's super exciting to see how this business is totally taking off. I mean, the, the sales are just going through the roof. And right now, I mean, we're booking December is booking up quickly because of people wanting to plan holiday events for their corporate teams, you know, what's and the best holiday event. We haven't planned ours yet. What, what is the best idea that you've, that you've heard? Oh gosh. How big is your team? 200. Oh goodness. I mean, we, we could do all sorts of different things we've got a bunch of different holiday themed events, um, you know, snowy escape rooms and sleigh ride scavenger hunt. I, I can't remember. <laughs> and how do you do it then? It's all through zoom. Yeah. So we have hosts that we've, we've hired, like we're hiring actors and comedians and like people who are really outgoing and we're training them to how to run the event, but they're really engaging people. So you get on and your team doesn't have to do anything. All you have to do is show up to the zoom link at the right time, have your drink in hand for your party and the hosts will guide you through um, having some laughs with your team, you know? And so a lot of teams are doing companies are booking like a, a lunchtime event every two weeks. So it's just a way because everyone's working remotely now. It's a way to it. see people and have laughs instead of every Zoom call being a stressful business meeting, you're having some laughter and some connection, which is what people are missing, right? And we need that. You need some playful human connection to really get keep your team bonded well. Yeah, I love it. Oh, that's so great. Well, we'll definitely have to talk about that because I love the I love the idea. So well, we'd love to do an event for your team for sure. Yeah, it's super fun. 
So you've obviously pivoted and you talked about, you know, you were feeling sorry for yourself, but you just got out of it and just got up and tried. Like, what did you do? Like, were there people around you that, I mean, obviously you grew up in an entrepreneurial family and uh, your brother, uh, mm-hmm. you mentioned your brother's business. Yes, my brother is a um, very well-renowned um, business coach and speaker. He's been called the CEO whisperer. And- <laughs> By, by, I think by Forbes, um, the editor of Forbes magazine referred to him as that. Yeah, Cameron, Cameron is a bit of an ass kicker with me. He doesn't take my, my BS. <laughs> so me feeling sorry for myself wasn't going over well. And I remember we, I was out for a walk and he was kind of, he wasn't yelling at me, but he was kind of kicking me in the butt over the phone. And he was saying, you have to pivot. You have to. And I actually remember saying to him, if one more person tells me to pivot, I'm going to punch them in the face. Like the word pivot just was making me so angry. I agree. I agree. Oh. It's like, a, yeah, it means that you don't actually know what you're doing. Oh, right? and I, in my mind, whether it does, but pivot to me is just like this, like, you it's know, the term of 2020, right? Like it's the word. It is, 2020. But, and, but I think that the difference is, is that this was something that was out of your control. Well, it right? was, and that's the only thing that's honestly like that's really helped me sleep at night, knowing that I didn't make a bad business decision to put us in this position. Totally. We, did, we did nothing wrong because it, it's heartbreaking. I have a team of 340 employees, 40 full time and 300 part time employees who are hurting now. Like this is this has been a really, really hard year for us. Anyway, my brother at the time, he, he said, you know, you have to pivot. You need to do every, like get online, get virtual. And I was like, you can't, he was giving me examples of gyms and health clubs, how they're doing classes online. And I said, you can't play soccer over the internet. Like you can't play volleyball with, you know, so I was really in this mind block and I'm part of our industry association, the sport and social industry association. And there were some some folks in the industry, it's a great industry of people. Um, I just adore them. And there's some really amazing sharing that goes on. And I was really inspired by a few different clubs in the U.S. who had started doing bingo and, and some trivia events. And so we sat in on some of their events and, and I, we were like, okay, let's try it. And we started trying it like for our members, you know, $5 to come and play a night of bingo. And, and then we realized that's not going to really <laughs> like that's that's Fail. gonna be a long yeah. haul, um, yeah. and it, the idea of doing it as corporate events came along, and, and it was like a, a friend suggested that, and I was like, yeah, you know, that's we should try doing that. And as soon as we, I had um, Dave's company, my my fiance, we, I said, let us do a test event for you, just let us practice this, and they loved it. They they called back the next day and were like, we want to book a package of ten. They're now in their third package of ten because they just they they do it. It's like a bi-weekly thing that that Cream Productions does and anyway so it just it started to take off and I think my team initially some of my team thought I was a bit crazy that like what is she thinking but and one of the fellows on my team actually said about a month ago I'm really glad that you pushed us to do this because it's it is the only thing generating any revenue right now so it's helping us cover our costs but it's it's exciting it's really taking off it it could be a very significant business this year it could be a seven figure business in our first year of running it which is exciting that's amazing yeah. and and also that it's a b2b versus b2c yeah right? yeah so it's just a whole i think so many businesses are going to be developed and and i mean maybe started in 2020, but I think 2021 will be the year where, you know, there's plenty of people globally who are getting laid off. And I, as I've said to so many people, like use this time to actually figure out what you want to do or mm-hmm. like what, what other models are there that you have thought about testing in your business that you're, that you haven't done because you haven't 
you know, you didn't want to lose focus or whatever, but now you need to diversify and get, you know, another channel of revenue coming in or whatever. I think now's the time and you just prove this. And, and I think that the other thing that I hear you talking about too, was that you had built this incredible business. And so I've always said to people that the ability to kind of move forward, everybody has a pity party or (laughs) has their doubts, right? Or has a few tears along the way. But I think the ability to kind of snap out of it or, or gradually like say, I got to go figure something out is something that is just really important for people to do. And, and I think once you start actually making some kind of progress, then, you know, look at how happy you are just, you know, talking about like, you've got this new event surprised yeah. you, like you didn't think it was going to happen and now it has, and your team's really excited about it. So it's I the think- one little, it's the one shiny light I have right now. I mean, it's definitely, don't get me wrong. It's not easy right now because our other, our core business is, it's, right. it's hurting and we don't know how much longer we're going to be non-operational for, and we have significant overhead. And so it's hard, but it is nice. It's really nice that we were persistent and we did try and we, and this is taking off. And it's, so it is fun to have that, that one little bright light. And, um, and hopefully that little light will keep on growing. I love it. That's, that's so great. So, and, and do you think that you could ever not be an entrepreneur? I mean, it's just <laughs> like knowing, I mean, it's, right. It's like, you've got, I mean, you've got this vision you've got, but it, I would I think be the worst employee in the world. Like I would be a horrible employee. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think I always knew. Um, I remember the very first, my, my very first significant business. I started a lawn cutting business when I was 15 and I, I walked around to the neighbors that I could walk to because I didn't have a driver's license and I dropped off flyers and I got customers and I started cutting their grass and at the end of the summer, I showed my dad my profit and loss statement. I'm like, here's all my, you know, how much I made. And, and this is my expenses. And this is how much money I made. And I worked this many hours. So this is how much I made an hour. And he said, that's amazing. What would happen if you hired an employee? And I was like, well, well what do you mean? Like, I didn't understand how that would help. And and it, it was this, I, I will never forget that moment when he said, well, you could hire a student to work for you for $7 an hour and you're charging your clients 15, then you're making 15 on your hour and you're making eight on theirs. So you're actually going to make yourself, you know, $23 an hour. And I was like, oh, and like this light bulb went off. Like, oh my gosh, like that's how you scale a business. And so I had three young boys that worked for me the next summer. They didn't have their driver's license. And I got my driver's license that summer. And I bought a couple of used lawnmowers and drove around the city. So it was really, I mean, I didn't, I don't know. I think it's just, I love that. No, I love that story. I mean, my, I had a job when I was 14 in the toy store and, and, you know, I was just like the Sunday cashier and, you know, my dad was so surprised that they actually even gave me a job. They didn't (laughs) check my like age. He was like, did they ask you for a driver's license? I'm like, I'm 14. I don't have a driver's (laughs) license, you know? So he was like, did they ask you? And I'm like, no, they just like thought that if I was applying for a job and, but anyway, then I, then they asked if I would come and do buying. And, and I remember like, like, hearing about profit and loss and, and, you know, and margins and things that you don't talk about when you're 14 years old. And I was fascinated by it. Like, this is how you figure out how to price things. And, you know, and I, I was just so fascinated by it. And, and, um, and again, like 
that light bulb went off. But it's I think about that stuff all the time. Yeah. You know, when I go back to, um, you know, did I know that I was going to be an entrepreneur? No, but I was always kind of, you know, thinking about the next step. Yeah. And people call it scrappiness. Maybe I don't know. Maybe it's scrappy. But I think I just I loved the. You know, I loved learning, which yeah. I think is another thing that I see. And and when I hear you talk about like you're, you know, you really do like learning and newness. And and I think that that's such a core thing for entrepreneurs is that, you know, the creativity, but also the love of learning mm. and and reading. And you and I have that in common as well. We do a book club at my office every couple of months. We read a new book and I'll, um, I'm going to put you on, on the spot. We often will invite our, the author to call in for 15 minutes or half an hour of our book club discussion. So if, uh, if we could do Undaunted, perhaps you'd like to join my team for, uh, um, that would be awesome. I'm doing that actually a fair amount right now. Oh, are you? That's actually. great. Yeah. Not necessarily for, I've done it for a couple of book clubs, but, um, but just for offices and yeah. they've asked me to come in for, to talk about, um, actually there's two different groups in, inside of companies that I've been speaking to. One is the book clubs and then the other one, actually three, then the other is, um, diversity, mm-hmm. um, and bringing in, you know, more women leaders and to talk about the book. And then, uh, the third is, is really a challenger brand that kind of goes in and, and again, like you can hear an entrepreneur's story. You're a huge reader and as well, you don't need to be an entrepreneur in order to really appreciate what somebody's done. Yes. To like build a company. Yeah. And so, um, so I've been speaking to a, a ton of banks and law firms and lots of companies. That's awesome. Um, over the last few, few weeks. Yeah. It's super, super excited. So exciting. So, well, this is awesome. Yeah. So where do people find out more about Sport and Social Group and Jam Events, which of course is like, I mean, I'm I'm getting on there before this <laughs> actually gets out, so I can book my time to, yeah. to figure out the the holidays. So um, I love it. Well, work our Jam. The Jam website is workplayjam.com. Okay. And Sport and Social Group is. I think it's sportsocial.club, but there's, there's not a lot going on with sport and social right now. So, uh, workplay jam is, is, um, definitely the, the website to check out. And I'm on Facebook and LinkedIn as Christy Harold and I'm on Instagram as Christy Harold underscore, um, and Twitter at, at Christy Harold, but I don't do a lot of Twitter. So yeah. Awesome. Very, very cool. Well, thank you and be safe and well. And for those of you listening, please give Christy five stars and subscribe <laughs> and all that kind of stuff because we're, we're so excited to have her here and, and uh, just, it's, it's so fun for me to actually talk to these amazing people that are just real people that are just doing great stuff and, and making it happen. And Christy's just one of them. So thanks for having me, Kara. That was really fun. Before we sign off, I want to talk to you about fear. People like to talk about fearless leaders, but achieving big goals isn't about fearlessness. Successful leaders recognize their fears and decide to deal with them head on in order to move forward. This is where my new book, Undaunted, comes in. This book is designed for anyone who wants to succeed in the face of fear, overcome doubts, and live a little undaunted. Undaunted. 
Order your copy today at undauntedthebook.com and learn how to look your doubts and doubters in the eye and achieve your dreams. For a limited time, you'll also receive a free case of Hint Water. Do you have a question for me or want to nominate an innovator to Spotlight? Send me a tweet at Kara Golden and let me know. And if you like what you heard, please leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. You can also follow along with me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn at Kara Golden. Golden. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.